Alright, welcome back to Cody and Larry, episode number 113. We're here late night, Tuesday night. It is the last day of the shortest month of the year, February 28th, 2023. Here with my man, Sam Carter. Sam, uh, you know, uh, what's life like at uh, Providence High School? Um, I mean, at this point, you know, this late in my senior year, you know, we're really just trying to finish. Trying to trying to get the get the paperwork sent in. Right. Well, you know, as much as we're trying to get the paperwork sent in, you know, things have been incredible um, in the sports world, particularly um, in the NBA this past week. So much has changed. We'll get you right up to date on that. But first, we've got to go question of the day. Sam, this is a two-part question. Uh, so first part, um, if you could go to any sporting event, generally, like you could say like the National Championship of College Football or like the Daytona 500 as a general sports event, um, which one would you pick? Um, I think I would have to say like if I could have like a day pass to like the regional or like the, the round of 64 just that Thursday. Like, say they played a game or they played a group of games at uh, the Spectrum Center. I think that that right. would be the most fun. Okay. Um, so, how much are you willing to pay for courtside seats to that event? Basically, like your most desired event. How much are you willing to pay for that courtside seat? Um, I mean, you know me. I feel like I'm a pretty stingy guy. Um, but I'm going to go... On my high end, fifty bucks. Fifty dollars? Yeah, that is aggressively low, Sam. That's wow. Hey, what can I say? Wow, that is uh, I can't even comprehend that. A hundred dollars for a one-time event, just yeah. But it's a two-game event, as you specified in your previous hypothetical. Well, you asked the question, and I, gave I guess. The that's that's how that's how question and answer works. Well, um, now it's time uh, to turn it over the. Question? Oh, you mean answer the question? I think that that's usually what you do. Okay. Um, well, to answer the question, uh, most desired sports event. Hmm. I'm gonna say. Uh, let's say Sunday at the Masters. And I'm going to say I would pay – interesting thing here is there's no, like, unique ticket. Like, every ticket is the same. There's no, like, better ticket. Um, so I'm going to say I would pay $400 for that Wow. currently. Like, if you said, Dean, this year you could go Sunday at the Masters, I would say here's $400. But you're maxing it out there. I'm maxing it out there. If someone said $425, i would be like, we got to bring that down. You know, so yeah. I'm. You asked the questions. I gave you the answer. You know. Okay. That's how it goes. Well, as uh, it turned over to the Charlotte Hornets, um, they actually, you know, had turned a corner. Uh, they were winning games, uh, but then we find out Lamelo Ball out for the season uh, with the ankle injury. Uh, difficult to see for him. But maybe they'll start losing some more games. Um, you know, it's just been a it's been a tough stretch 
uh, for the Hornets. Um, but the Miles Bridges news, got to talk about that. He says he's hopeful to be back in March. Um, let me just take you to the Miles Bridges timeline. You know, we got it's crazy to think about that just this past season, the Hornets, like on the last of the season, Sam and I were there at that last game. They had a chance to be like the seven seed. And that wasn't even a year ago. We were thinking about the playoffs. Yeah. Miles Bridges throws his mouth guard into the stands against the Hawks in the worst play in game ever. This was all just a year ago. And look how far we have fallen. So, Sam, I ask you now um, what is that? Uh, how's that going to be like uh, when Miles Bridges comes back for you as a Hornets fan? Well, I feel like. All this team has done has since, you know, a pretty good as far as Hornet seasons go. You know, pretty good season. Um, I feel like all that they've done is make bad decision after bad decision. And I think that bringing Miles Bridges back is not an exception. Um, I feel like, you know, as good as he might be, He's, you know, they mentioned the term uh, locker room cancer. Um, locker room cancer is, that's a vicious term. Hey, that's what I've heard. I've, I've, okay. I've heard that okay. multiple times. I don't think that he is as bad as, you know, some guys. Like maybe Kevin Garnett is worse. Um, maybe you have an example, Dean, that would be better. Um, worst locker room guy, like in the history of the NBA, I can think of. Yeah. Um, or any sport. I don't know. Bill Lambeer drove some people crazy. Isaiah Thomas punched him in the face one time. Hmm. Uh, or any sport. I don't know. That's a, that's a good like mixed bag segment. Yeah. Who'd you least want to be teammates with? Christian Leitner. Bad teammate. Well, I don't know. It. I mean, that's he's like a guy that you don't want to be an opponent of. Yeah, maybe because he's like, maybe I think about this wrong the wrong way. Because uh, mm, I don't know, Carl Malone, Carl Malone. That's my answer. Okay. Well, we're going down a rabbit hole, but anyways, my point is is that Miles Bridges, while he is a phenomenal player and was. The Hornets' leading scorer last season. I think that it is a mistake to bring this guy back after his, you know, criminal behavior. And mm. I mean, tossing his or not tossing, chucking his mouthpiece into the stands. I think that that just kind of shows his temperamental issues. Um, so I, I think that this is a bad move bringing him back. Well, it's, it's certainly, I, 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 I don't want to say that, um, you know, can't wait to see the reaction of the crowd, but it'll certainly be interesting to see how, you know, people react to him when he comes back and, you know, kind of all the tension that exists there between him and the staff and, you know, things like that. Um, so it'll certainly be an interesting move if he does come back. He says he hopes he'll be back in the month of March. So, uh. We'll be keeping a close eye on that situation. Um, in other news, LeBron James is out ind indefinitely. Uh, coincidentally with another ankle injury, 
kind of derailing the Lakers' hopes of kind of starting this run. Um, they currently sit in the 12th seed, and, and that's going to be a tough uh, road to kind of, you know, get, you know, climb up that mountain now without LeBron James, you know, for several weeks. Um, so tough to see that happen. You know, just I think it would be interesting to see him in the playoffs. Um, but I guess not all hope is lost just because they're still kind of close to that plan. Right now they're, you know, only a, a half a game outside the plan. So certainly, you know, it isn't over, but you feel like a lot of the momentum has been just wiped out of the souls of the Los Angeles Lakers, to put it poetically. Um, in other news, we have it again. Another 71-point game uh, this past Sunday. Uh, we saw Damian Lillard put up, you know, an incredible, incredibly efficient performance. And some people are discrediting it, saying 71 is like 50 back in the day. Uh, Damian Lillard, you know, we wish he could have seen this on a better team. You know, kind of the legacy of Dame. So a lot of cool points to talk about with the situation. But Sam, just your initial reaction to, again, another 71-point game. Uh, in regulation, no less. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. I would like to see, you know... What percentage of those points were free throws? Because I think that was one takeaway from um, Donovan Mitchell. I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm. Yeah, that was that, that. You're correct in saying that. So I would like to see that stat, um, but nonetheless, there's no other guys doing that other than those two. Um, I think that. You know, why can't a guy just enjoy his moment? Why does everybody have to, you know, say, oh, well, 50 years ago. I mean, come on now. 50 years ago, they were throwing it underhand. (laughs) That is true. Not really. Yeah, Yeah. we get your point. Yeah. I think that the game evolves, and I think that 71 is still a testament to – greatness i just wish he got 72 so that you know we could have a clear yeah points leader this season yeah yeah well uh, to answer your question sam he did uh attempt he made all 14 of his free throws that was a critical point in the dot of the mitchell game um but he was playing against uh, the rockets who are notoriously terrible at defense this season um if you haven't heard they're awful also as a team um, but 39 minutes, 71 points, 38 shots. Incredible. He yeah. shoots 58% from the field, 60% from three. He made 13 threes in a game, almost set the record for that. Um, you know, he was incredible. Um, you know, I wouldn't say as a complete of a game as Donovan Mitchell's game. Um, but also Donovan Mitchell, he played tougher defense, and he had the benefit of double overtime. So, you know, 10 extra minutes on the clock. But I think that this is, like Sam said, a testament to his greatness and just an incredible achievement. Let the guy have his moment. And, uh, yeah, I think Sam framed it perfectly. You know, it's it's difficult to see people you know, discrediting his accomplishment, um, but it is what it is. Um, just kind of another news. Uh, the Sacramento Kings continuing uh, to stay in that three spot. They have come out hot out of the All-Star break. Um, and the Milwaukee Bucks have stayed hot. 
uh, now to overtaking that number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, I believe they've won uh, 13 games in a row, which is uh, pretty incredible. They got a nice win against the Suns the other day. Um, and uh, the Knicks have moved in the five seed in the East as Brooklyn continues to fall without Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Speaking of Kevin Durant, he comes back tomorrow night um, in Charlotte. Uh, his first game with his new teammates uh, under the new super team um, in Phoenix. Um, big matchup. We get to see KD versus Kyrie this Sunday um, as the Suns visit the Mavs. Um, I believe that's the 1 o'clock ABC game. So that'll be very interesting to watch. And, uh, you know, Sam, i got to ask, you know, who are you rooting for in this game of uh, snake superstars? Uh, between the Suns and the Mavericks on Sunday. Um, I mean that's tough. I really dislike both of these guys, but I dislike Kyrie more. Um, so I guess I'm cheering for the Suns. Wow, that's bold. I'm definitely cheering for the Mavericks. Um, and this sort of pseudo rivalry that's trying to be promoted. Um, just because of Luka Doncic, he's a very nice guy, and I feel like Mark Cuban's cool. You know, yeah. I don't like Chris Paul. I don't really like Devin Booker. So I, I hope we get to see this playoff matchup. But I think that it, it, it'll be tough just given the seeding right now. I don't, I don't think these two teams are going to face each other. I don't think they're going to be in the uh, right side of the bracket uh, to play each other. But, you know, things could change very quickly. Well, turning it over to college basketball, um, we have had, for the first time in a long time, a tremendous week for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Um, you know, they go 3-0 and on the week, uh, move up in the world, move up in life, got their best win of the season um, against Virginia on Saturday night. Um, you know, a tremendous game from Pitiful Pete. Uh, he, we'll, wipe, we'll wipe him now. No nickname yet, um, just Pete Nance. He's not, you know, anything. He doesn't get any special nickname like Puff the Magic Johnson. Um <laughs> But the win at Notre Dame and the win at FSU, chalky, shaky play. Uh, but Leaky Black was one of the best dunks of the year, a tremendous tomahawk, no pun intended, uh, throwdown to defeat the Seminoles. Uh, you know, that was uh, you know, an impressive win when you needed it the most. And, uh, I mean, what can I say? Survive and advance, um, you know, despite the cliche of Jim Valvano. I think that applies to this team. And now, Sam, let's play the bubble watch game. Certainly, Carolina is, is considered one of the last few teams out. They have the Duke game um, upcoming on Saturday. And then, uh, you know, the ACC tournament, obviously, next week. Um, one of our favorite events of the year. That might be your ideal sports ticket, Sam. Most bang for your buck? Yeah. Could be the ACC tournament. Um, but what do you think about if the Toriels are to beat Duke, you know, how many games do you feel like they need to advance into the ACC tournament? Um, if they start on that Wednesday, they'll have four potential games. How many of the games do they need to win in order to, um, you know, get receive an, a large bid? You know, they feel like they'd be on solid ground uh, moving into the selection Sunday. I think two here is your magic number. Obviously, more is better. But, you know, I think that guaranteed – out if you lose the first game. Yeah. I Winning one game know. would be shaky. Would be shaky. Yeah. Just yeah. because right now, well, here's the scenarios. Um, 
we just saw uh, tonight uh, Duke took down NC State. So I think I believe UNC would have the tiebreaker. So if UNC can beat Duke, um, then you have you have UNC at the six spot. So they would play uh, either Pitt, Miami, or Virginia on in the second game, and they would play somebody like Boston College in the first game. So I think winning both of those games could could take you over the top. But interesting to see. Um, you know, well, well, we'll talk about the AC tournament next. Sam, why don't you uh, take us through the the Clemson week? All right. So, you know, starting on Wednesday, Clemson beat Syracuse by a score of eighteen, and then the dominance continues against NC State in a twenty-five point win in Raleigh on Saturday, and then a total three one eighty. Almost messed up there. Um, and then a sorry loss to Virginia. Obviously, Virginia's a great team, great defensive team. You know, from scoring 90-plus in the previous two games then getting held to under 60 um, by Virginia and then losing by seven, that one hurts. Um, but Notre Dame at home this Saturday – um, I don't know how important of a game that is. Right now, Clemson is looking on the outside of that double bye. Um, with well, okay, so this game is incredibly important, <laughs> actually. Yeah, I, I think so. I think if uh, you know UNC will be favored um, at home against the Blue Devils, and if Clemson. Okay, but- you also have to think about this. I don't know how much if they take this into consideration. If both Clemson and Duke win, I I think that Clemson gets the tiebreaker, right? Uh, how many times do they play? I thought they only played once. Yeah, yeah Clemson does get the tiebreaker. So, oh wait, why is Clemson listed second then? I don't know I how that. Understand. T- Maybe that's just the Google standings. I don't know how the tiebreaker actually works. Can we look up that ACC standing tiebreaker? This is live. This is live action. Um, yeah. I don't know why it's not showing it. Okay, I see it here now on the ACC page. It's listing Clemson as fourth. So Clemson has locked into the double buy. It appears. Yeah. No, unless we lose. Oh, they lose and then Duke wins. Sorry. Yeah, so Clemson just needs to win, and they are get the double bye. So teams are tied. Uh, regular head-to-head season results are used. What if they have a – okay. Um, okay, if the teams play each other twice in the regular season and split their games, then each team's record against the team occupying the highest position in the final regular season standings. Or in the case of a t- – okay. So this is way complicated. Let me explain it. So in any tiebreaker situation, if you played once, winner of the game is the higher seed. If you split your games, you played twice, then it's your results against the top seed. And I think that would benefit uh, Chapel Hill if Virginia were to win the conference because then I think they would get the tiebreaker over NC State. I don't know how that would work necessarily um, like, for like a one. 
I, I don't know. I don't, I don't quite Pitt's, know because Pitt's leading still right plays now. Notre Dame and then big game Miami at Miami. Right. I don't know. I don't know how this all works. Um, I wish I could have this complete scenarios, but it, it appears uh, it's not listed here. Um, unfortunately. Anyway, important things happening. We we know that Clemson needs to win to get the double by, so especially critical. Um, well, they don't need to win. Man, you need the double by. That's an extra day of rest. No, listen, listen. If Clemson loses and Duke loses, oh yeah, by. sorry. I thought we you were just saying. need us to win or Duke to lose. Okay, right. Um. But uh, we can quickly preview the UNC Duke game. Uh, you know, Sam and I both watched the first matchup together. Of course, both of us watched together. I'm, I'm losing a little bit. But uh, I think that this game is going to come down to the emotion. Um, Armando Baycott's final game in the Deanie Smith Center. Senior night. Can all the emotions be handled? I think that... Duke kind of surprised uh, Chapel Hill in that first matchup. Um, it's certainly a tremendous game by Duke's front court on the defensive glass. Um, I feel like Carolina is the more talented team, and they're playing better right now. A tremendous performance against Virginia. Um, I think that, uh, you know, despite the rivalry, I think that Carolina holds an edge here. Um, I know I said that last time, and I was wrong. But I think Carolina will win this game, not by a large margin. Uh, I think it will always be close. But I just think that the physicality of Carolina and the, the raw emotion about winning this, you know, for Armando, I think it'll be there. And I predict a Chapel Hill victory. Sam, do you have any differing thoughts on the matter? You know, I think that this is one of those games where I just have to let my Predictions be unheard. Wow. Or not even predict. You know, I'm just not even going to really think about it. Just let the game be played. Yeah, no, you, no bad mojo. You have any, like, uh, keys to the – key players to the game you can offer us? Um, I think rebounding is key, as it always is. Yeah. Um, um, oh, go ahead. Limit Duke's possessions – or limit successful possessions. I mean, this is just the key to basketball as a whole, realistically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just play play good basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Pete Nance, he's got to shine. He's got to come back in a big way. Um, but, you know, a lot to look forward to. We'll have the ACC tournament update for you, um, you know, from Gr- Greensboro this year. Sam, is Greensboro the best ACC tournament venue? Yes, um, I mean, that's how it's got to be. That's how it's got to be. I think that Atlanta is cool. New York is meh. Charlotte is cool. But Greensboro, that's the home. That's the home. It and uh, I think we're, we're in for a very competitive ACC tournament. I think that you got to have Miami as the favorites. I think they're playing the best right now. But, um, you know, I think that there are a plethora of teams capable of uh, raising the trophy next week in Greensboro. Uh, so a lot to pay attention to. 
Duke UNC game, college game days there. Uh, certainly not the hype of the past, but bubble watch, very important uh, for the Tar Heels to survive in advance. Um, so, yeah, Sam, any final thoughts? Nope. All right. Uh, well, that is going to do it for episode number 113. And hear from us.